Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Life is full of awesome what ifs, and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Greetings, comrades, and welcome to the Eastern Border. I do have to start with a bit of sad news. Well, for me, sad. Uh, they didn't allow me to go to Bakhmut. Apparently, you know, I'm not Ilya Podomarenko, another Ukrainian journalist, or, or Zelensky. It's just that it's, it's, it's said to be too dangerous for me. But, uh, you know, I'll, I'll, find my, I'll find my way somewhere close there. It's going to be fine. Just that uh, my initial plans had to be moved back a bit. But, uh, well, we have quite a bit of news for, for you today. I'd like to start with um, the fact that recently in Kamchatka, a Russian serviceman was prosecuted for Article 332, which criminalizes military disobedience in time of combat operations. This is the first case that this has happened. And he got one year and eight months in a penal colony. Well, that's um, a village-type prison, it, it's basically exiled to Siberia, but you get to live in an open space. He didn't get the very strict regime one. He just gets sent ov- over there in a place that looks like sort of a village, and gets to, stand, gets to sit there. Now, obviously, uh, all the liberal part of Russia portrayed this as a terrible offense against human rights. And uh, everyone on the Girkin and Friends pa- group stated that, you know, what? what is this desertion and you get nothing? I just thought, well, you know, it still is 20 months. And I asked on Twitter to all of you guys, what do you think about this? Did he get off easily or or is it a serious punishment? And most of you considered that, you know, if you compare this to the dying on front lines, this is pretty easy. And I would say so myself. Yeah, it's comparatively easy. However, you know, nobody likes to go to prison. But these things have started to happen as as a matter of matter of, matter of fact and um well, this just kind of proves proves the point that I quoted in the last episode about how next year looks like the year of various oppressions. In the meantime, on the morning of December 29th, the Russian army launched another round of shelling attacks on Ukraine. Air raid alerts were issued for all of Ukraine's regions. Before the shelling began, Ukrainian presidential advisor Oleksiy Aristovich reported that Russia was expected to fire about 100 missiles over multiple waves. His colleague Mikhailo Podolyak later said that the country had actually been targeted by 120 missiles. Though after the shelling stopped, the Ukrainian general staff reported that the total number of missiles was 69. According to Mikolaev regional governor Vitaly Kim, yeah, and the guy whom I interviewed last time. In addition to missiles, Russia also used Iranian drones to attack Ukraine's territory. But, uh, well, apparently, 
People say that a lot of these missiles have been shot down. Ukraine managed to intercept 54 of the 69 missiles Russia fired at its territory, according to Ukrainian general staff. Nonetheless, 40% of consumers had no power after the attacks. Yet another, well, thing, and it's very interesting since they don't even deny this, and, well, as far as I know, attacking civilian infrastructure on purpose is, um, well, quite much not a nice thing, TM, and punishable by international law. And talking about punishable things, Putin signed a law making sabotage punishable by life in prison. This kind of reminds me of um, Soviet Article 58, which was the one that could put you in prison for anything. But um, Putin has signed a federal law making activities classified as sabotage punishable by up to life in prison. The law adds three new paragraphs to the country's criminal code. Under the changes, quote, aiding sabotage is now punishable by, by either a prison sentence of 10 to 20 years of, or a life sentence. Training for the purposes of sabotage or organizing sabotage is punishable by 15 to 20 years in prison or a life sentence. And participating in the sabotage group is punishable by 5 to 10 years in prison. Yeah, you know, and, uh, this whole idea about not going to front and just serving year and eight months in, in a light prison, light by Russian standards at least, yeah, with this, uh, looks much better this way. Also, Russian Finance Ministry is working on a bill that would both decriminalize the illegal use of foreign software whose developers have left the Russian market and impose compulsory licensing on it, according to the Russian newspaper Kommersant. In particular, officials are reportedly considering creating a mechanism that would allow Russian companies to transfer payments for their use of foreign software to a spe special account, where the funds would be held until requested by the software's copyright holders. The Russian Finance Ministry has not commented on the reports. In a webinar with IT sector employees on December 28th, however, Finance Minister Mahtut Shadayev spoke about the importance of making it possible for Russian businesses to use foreign software. Because, obviously, you know, everyone's going back to piracy. This is just happening. Not like it's going to help their economy that much. They are already in deep trouble with all this stuff, but that's um, a thing. This parallel import stuff and disregarding other countries' rights. Yeah, it's been going on for a while and they, they really don't seem to be stopping it at any point. Another interesting thing that could lead to, lead, lead to large consequences is that, um, well, Belarus claims that, uh, that Ukrainian S-300 missile crossed into its territory. Now, I do have to state that, um, well, for one... Those of you who read Medusa, yeah, they report about this quite with, with quite quite a lot of bias. But uh, an S three hundred missile crossed into Ukrainian territory, and apparently, well, pff, Belarus blames Ukraine, and that that's causing a bit of a fuss. However, you know, it might as well be something something a bit fake to just get Belarus into the war. In other news. A Magnitogorsk soldier in Russia was a military court jailed for two months. He is arrested of committing violence against leadership in wartime, according to a press release from the court. The um, incident, and this is one of those scary funny ones, but I consider them funny at this point, by the way. The incident took place on the evening of December 23rd, in compartment on a special military train car in Misha station in the Chelyabinsk region.
a mobilized senior sergeant who was drunk attacked his commander who had also been mobilized. The commander died of his injuries at the scene. So, you know, it's interesting because uh, on the eve of mobilization in Russia, State Duma approved a quite a lot of amendments to Russia's criminal code, which toughened punishments for crimes committed during a period of mobilization, martial law, or in wartime. But uh, this, this just shows another reason why the mobilization really isn't working. Because, well, people just get drunk and stab their superiors, and, well, in the situation where private military companies, just Wagner, can afford to use sledgehammers to smash their critics and people, you know, who have betrayed them in the head and take away the monopoly of um, violence from the country. Yeah, this is what, what happened. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ready to pop the question and take advantage of 30% off? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com to get 30% off. Select lab-grown diamonds. That's BlueNile.com for 30% off lab-grown diamonds. BlueNile.com. And then, then there's a bit of interesting stuff, thanks to wartranslated.com. Yeah, we're still working with them. See, they posted an interesting article there. The Russian volunteer, uh, called Topaz, who is a member of the, well, neo-Nazi Rusic unit, along with his friend Alexei Mikhailov, is active on Telegram a lot, and I read them. And uh, on December 27th, he posted a text describing the serious shell hunger in the Russian forces and made a conclusion that the situation is becoming critical if measures are not taken to cope with the lack of shells. He also pointed the attention of readers to the fact that the mobilization program has not gone as expected as four out of five mobilized are not combat ready and in fact often sabotage the combat tasks by faking radio interactions. Quote, and this is going to be a bit long, but you know, this is what it is. Quote, you know that I try to refrain from loud predictions and insiders, especially negative ones. This is due to the fact that during the war, information is often more destructive than thousands of mines and shells. I especially prefer silence during informational hunger. It is better to post a couple of funny texts than to suck insiders and forecasts out of your finger. But now I consider it my duty to shed light on the real situation in the special military operations zone. So in summary... The Russian army is experiencing a serious shortage of ammunition against the backdrop of active supplies of ammunition to our enemy. This problem is taking, uh, is turning from serious to critical. If nothing changes in the near future, the enemy will begin to gain artillery dominance on the front line. To understand the depth of the problem, it is necessary to realize the fact that absolutely all successes of our army, both offensive and defensive, are the result of the superiority of our artillery. There are several op options for the development in, of events, in my opinion. 1. Our side is negotiating the supply of ammunition with one of the few allied countries. 2. 
we are trying to freeze the conflict on the most shameful terms in order to have time built up production on order to have time to build a production capacity that will cover the deficit. Three, we decide on a risky, absolutely adventurous ta tank breakthrough aimed at ensuring that most of the troops can get a foothold in settlements and, and not stand in the open step under mines and shells. He continues, mobilization has completely failed. It should be understood that the vast majority, 70-80% of the mobilized military personnel, turned out to be unfit for combat for several reasons. 1. Lack of quality military training. Here I don't see the point in ranting. I can only say that if yesterday's cashier from the grocery store is driven around in a tank at the training ground for two weeks, then he obviously won't become a good tankman. 2. The lack of ideological motivation of the mobilized due to the lack of clear goals of the SMO, which should be broadcast by the authorities and the media. And here he's obviously, you know, saying the same thing as Girkin had said previously a lot of times before. But uh, Girkin has his own problems, and we'll get to that. 3. As a result of the previous paragraph, there is a large-scale intentional and unintentional sabotage of hostilities by the mobilized. For example, men learn to play quote-unquote radio games, that is to simulate the performance of a combat mission on the radio while sitting in a comfortable and safe dugout, with all the resulting victorious exclamations and panicked cries. I'm not even talking about the rampant drunkenness and the complete absence of at least some security measures of countering the enemy's sabotage activity. 4. After the previous paragraph, a logical question arises. Where are the senior com comrades, hardened by experience and discipline, who should restore order and counteract sabotage in the ranks of the mobilized? They are not there. They are fighting in other positions, because some fabulous idiot decided to staff separate, very responsible and important areas only with the mobilized. As a result, we get hundreds dead and wounded in the battle for a, for a pigsty occupied by the armed forces of Ukraine, which has no value. And when the mobilized began, began to begin to gain upper hand, I'm sorry, it's a bit late here when I'm recording. <clears throat> the enemy will calmly and orderly retreat, covered by an artillery wall, which is becoming easier and easier to implement. And then they will shell the newly occupied positions with HIMARS. I still have a lot to say about idiots and traitors who will forever burn in hell for every drop of the spilled blood of a Russian soldier, but I think that this is enough to understand the big picture. What to do? Do not lose faith, unity and honor. Fight to the end because Russian people and our homes are behind us. We will definitely withstand it. Glory to Russia. And this stupid quote. But uh, yeah, this is what's happening. It's yet again another another example about how, Ukra how Ukraine is getting superiority on the field. And this is interesting because it's totally illegal in Russia to talk about the situation. And yeah, Igor Girkin, upon his return and when he started criticizing everything and become a doomer, he now posts on Telegram almost every day about how he's being harassed and how people criticize him. Now, granted, he also goes on a lot of um, a lot of interviews. However, you know his account in the Vkontakte has been broken in, and a lot of people just well just criticized him a lot. And it's kind of interesting to see how his own self attitude has been changing. He still portrays himself as this huge hero of 2014, but it seems that he's well. You know, previously, a lot of people asked me, well, how he's getting away with all the situation. Right now, I think he's in a stage where he's being politely told that he probably won't be able to get away with the situation. At least, seems so to me. At any rate, the war is still going on, and a lot of minor interesting news happening all the time. 
I'll um, I'll try to do a New Year's special one, a bit longer for for you to look at the whole philosophy of all the situation. I'm still waiting for both um, both the Dragon Taoist and the Event Horizon to come out. Apparently, they're all gonna come out after after New Year's, but it is what it is. You know, not like I'm gonna I'm gonna sit and cry or something. You you'll know definitely. And uh, once I'm finished with my targets in Ukraine and where where I can actually get, of course, you'll also be the first ones to know. Until this, uh, until next time, well, as always, remember, happiness is mandatory. And of course, dasidanye, tvarish. Oh, and thank you to all the every, all who support us on Patreon and have given us donations. And uh, well, I really, really hate to do this part, but uh, if you want to become our patron, please go to Patreon.com/EasternBorder and click the uh, and, and become our patron in any tier. Or if you prefer a one-time donation, then you can go to our homepage, EasternBorderLV. And just click the donate button there. And uh, I really hope that, you know, at one point I'll just be able to stop talking about the situation. At any rate, again, happiness is mandatory. Hello, this is Danny Pellegrino, host of the Everything Iconic podcast. And I'm here to tell you all about Splash Refresher, because hydration is mandatory, but boring is not. Now, I love my water, but if I don't spice it up, I'm not going to finish what I took out of the fridge. That's why I love my Splash Refresher, which is flavorful, delicious, bright, hydrating, and zero calories. The wild berry flavor is my fave. No, wait. Is the pineapple mango flavor my fave? You know what? All five craveable Splash Refresher flavors are my fave because they're so delicious. So get hydrated and enjoy it with Splash Refresher. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.